0: Episode 236 of the PJ Archive is a phone interview I did with the ever-popular American singer and actor Jack Jones. A two-time Grammy Award winner, Jack's international hits include Lollipops and Roses, Wives and Lovers, The Impossible Dream, Call Me Irresponsible and The Love Boat Theme. He's sold out concerts around the world, he's been a musical theatre star, he's had his own TV shows and appeared on countless others, and he's acted in movies such as Airplane 2, the sequel, and American Hustle. This interview took place in 2002, when Jack was promoting a British tour. First of all, tell us how much you're looking forward to coming to Great Britain to tour.
1: I always do, I do whatever. Two or three years, you know, and I look forward to it every time. It's a, it's like uh, coming home. You know, I'm from. My grandfather, came over from Wales, so I feel like I have a, one foot in uh, the UK.
0: Do you play Wales for that reason?
1: Um, no, it doesn't seem to make any difference. It's just uh, a lot of people come down from other places to see me when I'm in Wales, so it doesn't. I've I've been, back to my grandfather's birthplace. I've had my I have a, 11-year-old daughter, but when she was a baby, I took her out. To Aberdeer and held her up next to the Aberdey city limits sign. Oh, lovely! Yeah.
0: And how does your popularity in the UK these days compare to you know other parts of the world?
1: Well, it's 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 on kind of on a on a par with with this country, and and uh, I've gone to, to the Netherlands, and I've gone to uh, South Africa, and I've gone to uh, you know Australia and and the Philippines and places like that. And it all seems to be, uh, I guess now, I guess this, my strongholds are both in the UK and, and here and uh, basically.
0: Yeah. I've seen from, you know, the biographical information and so on, you've got a sort of tribute to Tony Bennett album at the moment. Yeah. Is this the sort of the reason you're touring? Is you're often artists come over and tour on the back of an album.
1: No, no. No, I, I, I tour anyway. Right. You know, so they, I just feature whatever album is, is, is the current one. And that's the most current one. I haven't recorded in a while.
0: Mm. Because I think he's over here at the moment doing some uh, concerts and so on. Do you think you'd ever sort of team up with him at all?
1: Well, um, we talk on the phone a lot but you know, first of all that would be an awfully expensive package and uh, (coughs) I don't know, we'd have to find a special reason for it.
0: Mm. Now he's become incredibly trendy appearing on MTV and all sorts of things. Is that the sort of image that you aspire to?
1: Um. No, I, I I have I have my place in 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 this business, and I'm and I'm happy where I am. And uh, it looks like I'm be doing a worldwide television show, syndicated worldwide, that, that I'll be hosting. So um, that'll be you know that that'll be fine. You know I am I, not aspiring to 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 emulate what Tony's done. Tony did a very unusual thing, and that is he went out and opened for rock and roll groups. And uh, that I do not aspire to do that. No.
0: Mm.
1: But oh. um, he uh, had something happen, which is which is just a, a, a thing that somebody at MTV picked up and said, "Let's let's run this uh, this video." And uh, and, and that, uh, that was quite a while ago now, you know. And and Tony is, is a is just a it's always been a wonderful uh, staple in in the music business as, as a great singer.
0: I think I'm right in saying that you're, you've always been more of an album artist than a single artist. Why is that? Is that something you deliberately set out to be?
1: Maybe in the UK that is true, <coughs> but but here I've I've had lots of hits over here.
0: Mm. Yeah.
1: There have been songs that they've they, they've latched onto, like my, my recording of If. Yeah. That uh, that spurred the sale of the album, but the, the UK came in a little uh, late in my career. I had I had a lot of hits before I ever came over there.
0: Mm-hmm. From my calculations, it's forty-five years for you in show business this year. Is that right? Yeah. Does it feel like that?
1: No, it never feels like that to anybody. I mean, you you just. Just who you are. You may your outer covering may change, but inside you're the same, and you're still striving to do uh, good things. And uh, and so when the time comes when you can't physically do them, that that's rather frustrating. And hopefully that's that's not soon for me, because what's happening is that that right now my voice is in uh, the best condition it's ever been in.
0: You think so? So, uh,
1: How long that'll last, we don't know, but. Look, look at Tony Bennett, he's like he's, 10, he's 11 years older than I am, and uh, he's singing great and doing great. You've got to take care of yourself, you know, you've got to stay healthy and, and uh, keep your weight down, don't smoke, drink very little, but the music is wonderful. Music is a, is a great way to live.
0: Yeah, you've, you've sort of chose a, an area of music that sort of can live forever. The easy listening, as they call it now. Do you think that's the key to sort of your longevity as much as anything else?
1: It could be. Uh, there was a time, like when I was doing, uh, like I, I referred to "If," and in, 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 in its day, it was not uh, an old standard; it was pretty uh, uh, current song. So there was a time when I wasn't doing that, but I decided to go back to standards because of the fact that my voice. I mean, you take you take you take a lot of singers that are that are hot right now; they could never sing those songs, you know. They're just not equipped to do it. So. So I just take the uniqueness and use it in the area that I'm. I should be singing in. You know?
0: What's been the most enjoyable period of your long and highly successful career?
1: I can't look back that way. And I have a, a, a wonderful family and uh, and uh, daughter, 11 years old. And, and I think now is probably probably the greatest time of my life because I'm, I'm performing and yet I'm, I'm I'm a father and I took her to school this morning. You know, it's it's a great life, and uh, so I I balance that with traveling, and uh, I think now is is the is
0: favorite. Mm. Now, your father, of course, famously recorded that hit "Donkey Serenade" when, when, on the day you were born. Have you ever recorded that or performed it? Oh, sure,
1: yeah. The British fans have seen me do it a lot, but and they've they've also years ago saw me bring my father over and do it with him on stage.
0: When you hear your father's version, does it sort of give you a very special feeling?
1: Yeah. He was a wonderful singer, and he was a wonderful man, and I miss him a lot.
0: I realize that both your parents were in show business, but how keen were they for you to go into it?
1: They were hoping that I would choose something else that would be more stable. And, uh, you know, if you look on it, most of us in show business have never had a steady job. So, uh, you know, they they wanted me to, to, to go into something a little bit more uh, secure.
0: Presumably, there came a point where they changed their minds and thought, good on you jack you made the right decision
1: yeah they just uh they watched my progress and my father said one day he said well look i'm I'm going to las vegas if you really think you want to do this let's see if you really like it so uh we'll write you into the act and uh you'll do a a duet with me and maybe sing a solo and we'll see how it goes so we did that and it went well up in las vegas uh, in 1957 and so it went well and um after that i started started my career and uh Went to working little clubs and dives and places like that.
0: Do you ever wonder what you would have done had you chosen a different career?
1: It would probably have been in communications of some sort, whether it's whether it's television or computers. Or uh, I just I, I think I'm kind of hung up on communicating.
0: Do you think, in a way, that's been the key to your success—that you are a great communicator, whether it's singing or just dealing with an audience?
1: Well, in the beginning, I was very shy, and I wasn't a very good communicator. But I, I at least, I wanted to communicate, but I, I couldn't very well. And uh, and now it's very easy for me to uh, to get up and look an audience in the eye and have fun, you know.
0: Hmm. And it's often said that when Nancy Sinatra invited her dad to your school to to perform, that that was sort of made you decide that was for you. Is th- is that the case?
1: Well, no, because I had. Already had my eye on a career in high school before that happened, and I was singing in assemblies and things with my little group that I had. And um, you know, Sinatra just kind of was another inspiration to me. I mean, I just loved the fact he came in with his his uh, six pieces and did a hell of a show for us. And just just for his daughter, you know.
0: How well did you get to know him?
1: Pretty well over the years. When I was. Uh, Starting starting out, I w- we were in, in Jilly's in New York and uh, and we closed the place uh, and there was Sinatra and myself and uh, Peter Lawford and uh, Judy Garland and uh, I forgot who else, but a hell of a group. And we just sat around the piano and uh, and sang together. Mm. And that never happened again. That was a real wonderful moment in my life. And, uh, and he looked at me then, he says, you know, you're the great hope of singers, you know, and uh, and that was a tremendous compliment from him, and uh, but we, saw, we saw each other over the, over the years, and, and, and either he or or Jilly, his companion of all those years, his buddy would, um, I use the word companion, that's not the right, you can't use that anymore, uh, you know, I would, I, I'd see him on the street outside of a restaurant, and, and I'd say, hey, Jilly, how you doing? He says, hey, great, how are you? He says, hey, the old man says you're singing better now, you know, so I would get these updates all the time. <laughs>
0: You know, his image is always very mixed for the public. I mean, obviously, a fantastic performer, and then there's that sort of sinister side that um, we hear about. I mean, how fair do you think he is being portrayed?
1: I think he, uh, he worked hard at it. He loved that. He loved having that, uh, that provocative image. I, I used to see him. Before I knew him, I watched him with a bunch of, bunch of cronies up in Vegas and uh, having fun with him you know and and he was a little cruel at the time he was making fun of the guy's shoes and he was calling you know he had, had to be, he had to think about brown shoes if you wore brown shoes you were a complete square you were complete you were out of it you know and
0: uh did you wear brown shoes
1: did i from time to time and uh he just had had a thing about that so he i watched him uh and and he just did it he did it because he wanted he knew how to get publicity he knew how to stay on the edge he never had uh, Really, until until late in life, he never had any kind of a stable marriage or anything. Because he was, it was always, he was always out there with the ladies and and uh, and getting in trouble. He loved it, and the and the audience loved it. He, they 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 were waiting for the next one.
0: Hmm. You never found a horse's head in your bed or anything like that. No. <laughs> People always say that that was the golden era of music. Yourself and Dean Martin, Sammy Davis, all sorts. Of, do you feel that that is fair? That that is the case?
1: Well, it's the golden era to some people, but I mean, what what's the what's the golden era going to be to uh, to twenty year olds now? You know, what's there going to be their golden era?
0: Well, I don't know. Some of these songs are coming right back in fashion, and a lot of the young artists are turning to them.
1: Well, that's good. I mean, I keep hearing things like that, and you know, for. For years, I've heard, "Well, oh, the good music's coming back," <laughs> hmm. and uh, I never believed it. But there is, there is. I mean, I get a lot of young people in my in, uh, or younger people in my audience uh, that I, I didn't get before because they, they they really wanted. They're interested, and some of them may feel like they're never going to going to hear this again the same way. You know.
0: What did you think of Elvis Presley when he came on the scene?
1: Well, as a singer, he, he wasn't. Uh, you know, no one's going to agree with me because Elvis. Attained this, this uh, godliness, you know, hmm. since he died. Uh, but he was uh, a mediocre singer who just uh, banked on commercialism all the time. He never, never took a chance. Never did anything really, really uh, musically adventurous or, or, or interesting to me, anyway. Uh, but he was a, a, a good personality. He, he was a, 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 there again, a, a, a fair actor, but he had this. Um, this magnetism that uh, that made women just uh, fall all over him.
0: Did and, you ever meet uh, him?
1: Yeah, he was a, a real nice guy.
0: But you had um, women falling all over you too. Can you give me some examples of sort of fan hysteria for you? Nah, I don't. I don't want to talk about that. That's that's in the past. But do you still get lots of screaming women and stuff?
1: Yeah, I, I get people who are. are you know, and at my age, it's kind of—it's kind of funny to have people react that way. You know, mm-hmm. but um, they're there for the music, though, and then they then they they find something else as well. But but uh, sometimes, you know, I mean, I don't think of—I just don't think of it. It just doesn't—I don't walk out and say, "Well, it's." Uh, I wonder how many people are going to be screaming and They don't—they don't—they don't react that because men and women react to me uh, the same, mm. basically, usually. And they're just—they uh, react to the music, or the interpretation of something, or the, or, the, or something that moves them that I that I do musically. So um, I'm just not conscious of that.
0: Did you sort of expect to be more of a successful actor than a singer, initially? No. Because your dad was sort of both, wasn't he?
1: Well, yeah, he he was he was one of the product of the old BM, MGM studio system, you know, where they sign people in, uh, under contract for very little money and, and keep them in the stable and uh, let them out once in a while. And, uh, and his break was when they, when they were, um, they wanted to make a change from Nelsonetti, a change of pay, so they, they put my father in there with Jeanette McDonald, and that's how the Donkey Serenade became a hit from mm-hmm. the movie Firefly. Mm-hmm. But then they farmed him out for a lot of B-pictures, and that didn't help his career.
0: I know your dad worked on the Marx Brothers movies. Did you ever meet Groucho Marx?
1: I guess I met him when I was a kid. I don't remember much about it, but I I knew him after I grew up. And uh, he was just a very, very, very nice man, a very wonderful man. And I I have no crazy stories about him. He just was very nice to me.
0: But he used to make some classic quotes and things. Did he ever say anything to you or your dad that was never forgotten?
1: No, no, I never, never got one of those
0: from him. Would you like to have had more of a movie career?
1: Well, uh, most people would love a movie career. But you know, guys, like look at Tony Bennett. I mean, Tony Bennett made a couple of movies as well. I made a couple of movies, but but uh, you know, we've concentrated on the music. Mm. Sinatra's the only one that's really made made this made the uh, transition.
0: Well, Dean Martin did a few, didn't he?
1: Well, Dean, yeah, but I never, I never. See, I think of Dean Moore as an actor than anything else.
0: Because you've done a lot of musicals and been very successful in those. Have you got any more planned, or any, or even any movies in the pipeline?
1: Uh, no, I've. <laughs> You know, I've just done um, a year ago last S- September. I I I did uh, Man of La Mancha for a whole season yeah. over here, and I would love to come to uh, the West End and do that because it was very successful, and I and I'm, I'm real good in the role, and I, I and the role fits me like a glove. It's it's very moving and exciting, and so that's something I'd like to do.
0: Mm. You've played for many distinguished people, including uh, you played at the White House, haven't you? What memories have you got of playing at the White House for American presidents? Did you ever meet the Kennedys?
1: Yeah, I met Bobby and I met and, and, and Ethel, is still a friend of mine. And uh, used to uh, play Washington D.C. and go out to Ethel's house and do charity functions with her uh, for children. And uh, I've been to um, the Kennedy Center Honors and when uh, Reagan was was president. and, and yeah. uh, Just it was it's wonderful to to, to go to all the, the White House parties and the and the State Department dinners and. It's really exciting. It's really interesting to to do all that. But most recently, I I, I performed at the Lighting of the Christmas Tree at the White House all right. with Clinton. And I'll never forget, he sat there behind his bulletproof shield watching the show. <laughs> and, uh, and then when it was over, instead of going away with his security people, he stepped out of, of the glass and came over to me and said, Hey, it was a great show. you y'all, y'all come back to the house. He was, a, he was, he was some kind of a guy, you know. He was his president. He was very different, as
0: we all know. <laughs> Did you approve of his of his antics? No. No. So, so you wouldn't have voted for him. No. Definitely no. not. What do you think of George W.?
1: He's okay. He's uh, he's better than I thought he was going to be, and and uh, you know it's a uh, He's handling uh, most of the stuff that's going on. He's handling it uh, pretty well. But if he if he can, um, I think, not be so uh, uh, verbally adventurous, because uh, now we're getting into real, real uh, hot water.
0: Yeah. How, how did um, September the 11th affect you? Especially because you know, you being an artist, you're flying all over the world all the time. Did it you know worry you?
1: Absolutely. It's had a tremendous negative effect over here. It's uh, it's just knocked the entertainment business for a, for a loop mm. because people aren't, are not in the mood to, uh, to take any chances at all at, at, and, and they, at, at, they actually feel guilty having a good time uh, with all that's going on at, at, and um, there's a great phrase I've, I've always loved and that's joie de vivre mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and there ain't no joie de vivre right now.
0: But you know it's up to people like yourself to bring it back isn't it? Do you feel a responsibility in that respect?
1: yes uh and and uh and i do and we've i've been performing all over the country and and people uh, are are uh, once they get there to any given show or performance they are most hungry for the release
0: did you ever fancy going into politics
1: no no
0: because quite a few artists sort of toy with the idea don't they
1: yes they have and and uh there's too much uh, compromising you have to do to be a politician.
0: Do you feel you're sort of given the credit that you deserve as an artist?
1: Yeah, and and among many people, I do. Yeah. And there are certain people who don't do. There are certain people who uh, who just think I'm the guy who sings a love boat. And there are people who know my work and who uh, who appreciate it. And uh, but I can't. I can't. Uh, I have no yardstick. I can't. I can't. Uh, I can't decide how great I am, and if people are uh, appreciating the, that greatness to its full degree, I can't I can't pull it, put a, uh, a number on that.
0: There was a period of time when publicity over your private life threatened to sort of overshadow your career. Was that a great source of regret to you?
1: Well, I've never gotten in any trouble, so um, I don't know what you're talking about.
0: Well, I mean, with the utmost respect, you've been married five times and you know there's been a lot of publicity about that i've been, oh.
1: I've been married almost 20 years and, and that's that's way in the past
0: but you are married to an english lady aren't you yes i am can you sort of explain to us what it is about her that's sort of made you so happy
1: you know when you when you when you fall in love with somebody who's really who is making you completely happy you can't analyze it you can't say i am happy because you just know that this whole person whatever Made her into that person. Well, all the elements uh, is is something that you admire and you respect and you and you never tire of. You never you never get bored with. And all these years, I never felt bored by being with her. And she is a fantastic mother. Uh, instinctively, she's just and a and a great mom. With uh, she's involved in school and she's at school all the time helping and and. Uh, for, Participating in in my daughter's uh, uh, education, And it's just it's just wonderful.
0: What can you tell us of your daughter?
1: Well, all fathers will tell you their daughter is bright, <laughs> and uh, and she's uh, beautiful. She's got a great sense of humor, and she's pinned in about eight amateur productions at at uh, our at our local uh, performing arts center, the McCallum Theater.
0: And uh, how's her singing voice?
1: Pretty good, pretty darn good. She's a good actress too.
0: I asked you earlier on how your parents felt about you going into show business. How would you feel about her going into it?
1: I would uh, be okay with whatever she wanted to do. I just don't, would not like to see her out on the road, a girl singer out on the road. I think that's a, it's a tough way to, to go. It's easier for a man. I wouldn't mind if she was uh, in the theater. I think that'd be great, you know. But you know, she's gonna do. What she's going to do, and she's she's a very uh, resourceful and uh, and bright girl, and she's going to do the right thing.
0: Am I right in thinking that you have another child as well from a previous marriage?
1: Yeah, I do. She's an artist living in uh, in Reno, Nevada.
0: Hmm. How often do you see her?
1: Not very often, but as much you know, as much as it uh, as time will allow.
0: And may we know anything about your home, what it's like, and roughly where it is, and so on.
1: It's uh, in Indian Wells, near Palm Springs.
0: And um, big place, tennis court, swimming pool, that sort of stuff?
1: No tennis court, swimming pool. It's a wonderful house, and right now it's ex- absolutely perfect outside.
0: Do you have any celebrity neighbors?
1: Howard Keel doesn't live too far away. All right. A comedian friend of mine, Shecky Green, I don't think you know him over there.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: It's got you a lot, lots of people here. I just can't think of, of getting a...
0: How much of a showbiz life do you lead? I,
1: not much. When I'm home, not much.
0: Mm.
1: I mean, I've got two sets of friends. I've got the, the old cronies and I've got the uh, PTA gang. A lot of nice people around here. It's, it's, it's a wonderful opportunity to, 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 to know more people than you would being a father of a kid in school. You know? mm. And I just played here uh, three weeks ago at the McCallum Theater concert. And one time when I played here at the McCallum Theater, a whole bunch of fans came over from England Flew over and made a made a trip out of it. Yeah, I've known them for years.
0: Have you got a big fan club still?
1: They're there, but we don't. With 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 the email and everything, with the internet, you know, they can write me and I can write them back and uh, and uh, keep them abreast of what's going on. They can check the website. I don't I don't think there's any really reason for a fan club.
0: Have you ever performed in front of British royalty?
1: Oh yeah, yeah. I got a, a funny story about Princess Margaret. Oh, go on. Uh, we were in uh it 's a club that that used to be up just outside of of London on the way to Watford or between Watford and the m one i 'm performing and and uh, and, and we 're having dinner first and i 'm sitting at the royal table and uh, so she, she gets up to go to the ladies' room and so we all stood up and uh, being a, a stupid American, I went over and I was talking to somebody and uh, I forgot where I was and what and what was going on, and I sat down and continued my conversation. And suddenly I felt the presence of someone looming behind me. So I looked up and it was Her Majesty. And she looked down at me and said, are you ill? (laughs) (laughs) And I stood up and said, no, I'm fine, how are you?
0: (laughs) That was very arrogant of her, wasn't it?
1: Oh yeah, she she always had a twinkle in her eye. You never knew when she was teasing or not. (laughs) I remember asking her while I was at the table, I said, is this true? I heard that uh, that Barbara Streisand once asked you to make conversations. She said, how's your sister? And you looked at her and said, still queen.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Did she say that was true?
1: No, she said, no, but I shall use that.
0: <laughs> and, um, you know, obviously a lot of, of your great friends in the business have passed away over the years which has been the greatest loss for you well you know like
1: Peggy Lee just left us recently and that that's a great loss and I have this terrible facility I, I blank out anything that's unpleasant and I have to be reminded of who passed away I just get rid of it and I don't dwell on it mm-hmm. I have some other friends that they're not in show business that i, that I my best friend who died a few years ago of cancer and it did think about that all the time but um for those of us in Shelby we travel so much it's very hard to have a continuing relationship except on the phone once in a while it's very it's very hard but uh sammy khan is probably somebody that i miss the most
0: hmm. do you feel that your music is in good hands for the future i mean the, the, basically all we can see is harry Connick jr do you feel that he's a good sort of heir to the throne as it were
1: okay he's he's, he's terrific you know um I, I can't say how how he's going to do in the future, but but uh, I don't know where music's going. I mean, music's kind of hit a wall. I mean, it's uh, if you're a heavy metal fan, uh, I don't know enough about that music to see to see if it's if, if it's anything creative going on. I mean, country music's kind of become mm. pop music.
0: Yeah, it's huge, isn't it? What does your daughter listen to? Does she listen to your music, or does she prefer she Britney loves, Spears? She
1: loves it when I sing. She loves. Seeing me perform, she obviously is not going to sit down and listen to her daddy's records. Why not? Um, because it's just not—it's not, not what you know. Her, and although she—in in this case, because I am very visible here, her, her her friends all know who I am and know what I do. But you know, we're not—we're not, uh, we're not uh, talking records here. We're talking just to what I do and the respect for it. But I mean, they're—they're they're, all the kids are into the Britney Spears songs and all that stuff, and she loves Britney Spears.
0: Are you forever yelling upstairs saying, Turn it down!
1: No, she's pretty good about that. She's Sometimes in the morning she'll play a little loud, but uh, she's not the typical... I mean, she's not quite a teenager yet, so maybe that's going to happen. But mm.
0: What do you does? think of Britney Spears and so on?
1: Well, she's unfortunately part of a mercenary machine that uh, that has turned her into a, a sex goddess, you know, and mm. which is a when you make a switch into a sex goddess in the middle of uh, of pleasing nine and ten year olds I think it's a little bit irresponsible but you you can't ask for them to be responsible would be uh, very naive so then the, then the parent has to edit what what uh, she sees of, of, of Britney Spears and I just think that that the whole sex message is is a bad is a bad message to start off with right away I mean even 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 with grown-ups it's not a good message when it's constantly out there but um,
0: do you do much songwriting?
1: I write uh, things that I that I for my 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 show, and I write songs. I've 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 recorded a bunch of my songs over the years.
0: You, you know, you sing in in a very romantic fashion. You sing very romantic songs. How romantic a person are you? I guess I'm f- pretty romantic. Have you ever written a song for either your wife or your daughter?
1: Yeah, I wrote a song for my wife called The Reasons, and I did it. Oh, years ago, um, when we were first together, and I, I did it on, on, on the tour, and I recorded it somewhere. I forgot where I did it.
0: Can you tell us any of the lyric, a sort of particularly romantic line or something?
1: Uh, kind of, you know, cliche, I thought, but the, the, the whole thing was that you're my reason to be living. We've heard that before. But I was uh, swept up in, uh, in the emotion of, of, of having found this wonderful woman, and so I sat down and wrote, wrote a song about it.
0: Do you sing much at home?
1: Uh, Sometimes in the shower and I rehearse elsewhere and uh, my family thinks I'm too loud.
0: (laughs) What happens then?
1: They ask me to go someplace else and do that.
0: (laughs) But people pay good money to see you sing.
1: I know, and I make them pay for me to go away.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Why do they throw bars of soap at you and things in the shower?
1: No, we don't take showers together anymore.
0: No. But you know what? What does Jack Jones do away from work? Because obviously we see the public you. What? What? What do you do the rest of the time?
1: I play tennis, and I do some writing. You know, I I like to write. I, I I wrote a poem. Actually, I wrote a poem when I was on tour last time I was in England, which I will be doing in my show. All right. And it's it's rather funny. And I didn't realize how funny it was until I did it in front of an audience for the first time and got tremendous laughs. <laughs>
0: One interview I read with you, you were explaining that y- your father had had a long period where he didn't get any work and so on, but you were determined never to let that happen to you, so you were working like 10 months of the year. Is that still in your psyche?
1: I don't remember saying that. I think they took a little liberties ah. with that, but... Uh, British
0: journalism, eh?
1: Well, any, any journalism. I mean, anybody does that, but it, I certainly don't feel that way now because I, I, I won't work so much that i'm away from my my, my i can't be a father hmm. So I, I yeah i've certainly changed but i'm also financially okay and i'm not have to, having to worry about the next job so that's funny that's how what it would spur me to say that
0: so how satisfied are you with your life and career now
1: pretty satisfied i mean i'm, I'm not trying to be number one you know you go crazy trying to do that i'm out there creating and uh and getting good reviews and enjoying uh, See, the, the, the ability to sing is a great gift, and, mm-hmm. and uh, it's a joyous moment when you're singing. Uh, it does something tremendous for you, and, and if it does something for somebody else at the same time, that's that's fantastic.
0: Are you a man of many, or any regrets?
1: No, I don't uh, dwell on any regrets.
0: What do you want to achieve with the rest of your life?
1: Well, I'd, I'd, I'd like to do more acting. I'd like to do continue like I, I just did uh, Man of La Mancha. I'd like to do that again somewhere. And I, as I say, the West End would be, it would be very timely for that show right now. Uh, it's a very uplifting show, if it's done right.
0: Do you intend to sort of bop till you drop, to go on forever performing?
1: Well, assuming that I'm uh, hoping I w- that I'm not going to drop when my voice gives out, then that's when I'll stop. If I can't sing anywhere near as well as I can now, then, then I, sh- I probably shouldn't be doing it.
0: What do you think you'd do if you did stop? Play a bit more tennis, I suppose.
1: I would. I would write. I would uh, maybe write a book. I would. Uh, I'd find something creative to do.
0: Do you think you'll ever write your autobiography?
1: Well, I just don't. I don't like going over
0: old ground.
1: Yeah, and, and, and you know, the, the, you brought up the, the marriages. You know, I mean, it's just that's all anyone ever keeps doing. They just, it's all, it's so, it's so petty. It's so, it's so surface you know it's just and and it seems to be what people want the world wants that they want the uh, first thing they want to know is what what kind of dirt can we get going here like when you said to me I, I forgot about the fact that i'd been married before i mean i forget that i don't think go around thinking about that and it certainly isn't very fair to my wife to continue dredging up all that
0: stuff no well i haven't done that
1: oh no, you haven't no, But i'm saying that that mm. that was the case with the british press
0: yeah well, I think it's because you went out with one of our golden girls, didn't you? So that sort of makes you very much front-page news.
1: Yeah, but I didn't marry her.
0: No. <laughs> May we know if you're still friends? Can I just ask you that?
1: Uh, I haven't talked to her since, uh, gosh, since before I met my wife. So, I, I, I mean, we have no reason to dislike each other. Mm. And she's having a very happy life with Simon, I guess. And, uh, I wish her well.
0: How would you like to be remembered after you're gone?
1: I'd like to be remembered as being a, being a good guy, and being, being helpful in some respect to one or all, you know, and, and being known as a, as a, as a talented <laughs> singer and somebody who had, uh, who had uh, a unique place in the uh, music business.
0: The other thing I want to ask you about is Cockney rhyming slang. Right. Are you aware that your name is in the Cockney rhyming slang vocabulary?
1: On his Jack Jones, yeah. yeah.
0: When did you first find that out?
1: Actually, it goes to the full thing is Jack Jones on his bones. Right. Yeah. Uh, I, I, a long time ago when I was touring England, I found that out.
0: And how did you feel? Were you flattered?
1: No. Well, it had nothing to do with me.
0: You don't think so?
1: No, I think I think it came before me. There was Jack Jones, the union leader... Yeah. And uh, they could have been named after him, but I mean, I thought it was just, some, they just came up with Jack Jones being, because it's a common name.
0: Well, I had some Cockney builders at my house today and they thought it was you.
1: Oh, well that's nice. Then I have flattered if I thought it was me.
0: Yeah. I think it's quite something really.
1: I mean, the, it just, uh, it's a Cockney. you know, I mean, it, you, you can make that stuff up yourself. Yeah, sure. I mean, uh, you know, I, I made one up, but I have to, uh, I, eat, I eat too much, I have to Raquel. <laughs> you know?
0: Well spelled, yeah. yeah.
1: <laughs> but uh, you know, you're sitting, uh, I've got a large Derby. Uh, you know, um, I'm just going to run up the apples for a minute. Yeah. You know, yeah, I, I, I quite enjoy cockney rhyming ram- slang. I had a cockney road manager from England, so.